Welcome to Teacher Thrive, the podcast for educators who want to thrive, not just survive in their profession, with your hosts, certified coaches and teachers, Madel Mazella and Caitlin Rabai. So today we're talking about if we are or are not empaths. So tell me what comes up for you when you hear that word, when somebody says that they're an empath. When I hear the word empath, I can relate. And I think I am such an empath, especially in the with respect to the classroom. I'm, I'm always kind of gauging their mood, their feelings, their affect. And I'm always, you know, just trying to make sure that I'm meeting their needs. What about you? I think that I really like used to identify with this idea of being an empath and saying like I could feel other people's feelings, like I could notice when other people were feeling a certain way, like I could figure all of that out, like I could read people really well. And one of the things that I learned, which is kind of silly, is that we start to develop a skill of constantly checking in to notice all of the little physical changes in people. And the reason that we do this is that we're trying to make sure that everyone is okay around us so that we can feel okay like within ourselves. And I know that growing up, I was like always the little people pleaser. People who are people pleasers do this a lot. I was always a little people pleaser making sure like everything was happy, like everybody's okay, everybody has what they need. And I think a lot of us who are teachers have taken that feeling and we've applied that to our classrooms to say that we can tell everything that's going on with someone. But they've actually like done studies about it. And a lot of times when we think we can tell what's going on with someone, we're not always correct about that. A lot of times we're projecting like our own internal thoughts and feelings onto the people who are around us, which I thought was really interesting because I always have thought of myself like as an empath. Yes. And just this week, I was asking myself, what is happening? Why am I working myself up so much, making sure that the kids are fine? Or what is my insistence in reading the room? We're approaching exams and, you know, my school, they emphasize in the community, you know, the kids typically do very well and it's very important for them to do well so that they could, you know, go to college and so on and so forth. And I was almost thinking like, okay, I value the fact that I can kind of like cater to their needs, you know, give them what they need. If they need more time, if they need a little break, if like I want to be that for them. But it was not working this week. I found myself extremely overwhelmed with all the things that I needed to follow up with because in doing that, I was also creating kind of like a monster. I was taking responsibility from the kids, from my students, and giving myself more responsibility in a way. Yeah. And and it left me completely questioning, like, what am I doing here? What what is happening? Is being an empath a good thing, actually? Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting because like doing that, like trying to read other people's emotions and regulate their nervous system along with your nervous system can kind of be like a catch-22, right? So you can create this like enmeshment where people are reliant on each other for regulating themselves. And like sometimes we call it codependent, sometimes we call it like enmeshment. It happens a lot like in the family system, right? So 
when people are relying on each other to regulate their nervous system and to regulate their feelings and emotions, they create this dependency where they can't do it for themselves and they're making they're making somebody else do it for them, which is not the healthiest way to live. So, so is that what I was doing? I thought I was like, okay, you know, as a parent, I would want a teacher that understands my child's needs. I take pride in that fact that I, I'm, I'm on the side of what's best for the child. And I always think of it as if I were the parent, what would the parent would love for the child to be treated like? And like, sometimes they actually need more time, but other times they just don't, right? They are just like milking the system sometimes and taking advantage of like, oh, the leniency. I don't know if that's what I, th that's what was happening, but I just knew that it just it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something was not working, and then it left me questioning what was happening. What what was I doing? But what you're saying makes sense because maybe in being me being a people pleaser, maybe I was maybe looking to please them without you know thinking without even realizing that I was doing it. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we, the opposite side of the coin with that, instead of me relying on you to help me feel better and you relying on me to help feel better, is if we're kind of like independent beings unto ourselves, I can feel okay still, no matter how you are feeling. And you can feel okay, even if like I'm upset about something, right? So it's kind of like building that like separation between like who I am and my feelings and who you are and your feelings. And I think people who like identify as empaths really get that mixed up sometimes. And they say that they take on other people's feelings and things like that. And it's really a dangerous game to play if you're pulling all of the feelings that you notice from everybody else and you're taking that on and trying to solve all of everybody else's feelings, especially if you have like a class of 30 plus kids <laughs> that you're like, I'm going to take this burden on and I'm going to help them all feel better. Yeah. But it's so interesting how it wasn't registering what was happening. I was more, I don't know when you say trying to regulate others so that, so that you yourself feel better. I don't mm -hmm. know. Or maybe, maybe if they told me that they were stressed out, they're having like four tests on, you know, in one day. And, and that was the case. They were telling me I have four tests today, three tomorrow, that, that, that. And then I was like, okay, so maybe, <laughs> may, I don't know, maybe <laughs> I thought that they were the ones feeling a, a type of way. And I was the one helping, you know, but may, I'm trying to kind of see it the way you're saying it. But, and so I'm thinking, Maybe that made me feel uncomfortable about my test or whatever. And then maybe, but it yeah, just it felt like guilty about adding another layer of like burden to them when they're already saying that they felt like that. And with enmeshment, like guilt is so heavy. Like when, <laughs> yes. when you feel responsible for somebody else's feelings, like, and they feel bad, like you automatically feel guilty because they feel bad and you can't fix it. And there you have it, folks. Even <laughs> life coaches, look at that. We fall into the trap, just like everybody else, because we also have blind spots, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and the funny thing is that, like I was saying before, like I take pride in the fact that I tend to my kids' needs. And that is something that I love, but not so much, right? It's not, it's not what I, that's not what was happening, actually. <laughs>
Yeah. So when we talk about like, what's the solution for this? If you feel like you're an empath who is like constantly taking on other people's feelings and constantly feeling like they need to fix whatever's going on around them, like the solution for that is actually communication and separation, which is not what we tend to do a lot of the times. I feel like in a lot of relationships where there's that enmeshment or that codependency, it's like something that's not talked about. It's just like, oh, I need to fix this for you, but we don't talk about like what the feelings are that we actually are having and how to deal with it. So like, with students, like we need to have them identify those things. And then instead of fixing it for them, like teach them how to fix it for themselves, if that makes sense. So we're teaching them to be independent, not codependent. 100%. And it makes me think about how much work we still need to do. Because, you know, I was thinking, maybe we should just worry about ourselves. Just worry about yourself and let everyone else just do their thing because you can't fix it for other people. Mm -hmm. You can't fix it for your students. You can't, you know, fix something that you perceive is wrong for anyone but yourself. So, and it sounds, it sounds like it's selfish, but it's really not. It's more like just take care of your needs and the rest will just fall into place. Because like you were saying, Oftentimes you're wrong about what they're feeling. If I can't read my students, I question, you know, what's happening? This person is showing me no affect. Why is this person, is she or he apathetic? What's like, what's happening? But then, you know, then you have like a, an informal conversation outside of a class or whatever, and everything is fine. It's just maybe they're thinking about something else. And why do we have to worry about it? <laughs> and I'm not the only one because I have, I have conversations where we're like, wait, can you, what's happening with such and such? Like, can you, you know, can you tell or is there, is there anything wrong or is there, any, is there anything that I have to know or that I should know? There's nothing happening. The kid is just existing, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's great to notice when somebody's off, right? It's great to notice, oh, they look like they're upset. Something's going on, especially if we're in that, like, I'm a special education teacher, so, like, part of my job is to teach them how to regulate themselves. So, like, knowing when they're off is important, but also communicating to them what is actually going on what is the cause of this why are you, what are you actually feeling instead of assuming that i know what they need and what they're actually feeling and what's going on right and then teaching them tools to calm themselves down that's not me centered so like everything about special education is teaching my students to be independent and that extends to like their emotional life also right so we want them to be whole humans who are not reliant on other people to regulate their emotions for them, to show them how to feel things, to calm themselves down. That's like part of growing up, right? (laughs) We're not always going to have somebody there who can like hold us and put the bandaid on and fix everything for us and move like every obstacle out of the way that we're facing. And as a human, we don't really want that for them. We want them to deal with challenges and know how to regulate themselves because if they're in a situation and they have no experience with that, like what is going to (laughs) happen? It's going to be like they're in a little meltdown ball because they don't know how to handle this without somebody holding their hand through it. Yeah. I was thinking about why I am such an empath with my students. And it it does have 
pros, right? You know, I have students coming to me to tell me things when, you know, some things that they're going through and issues that they're having, etc. And I'm a great listener and they know that they can trust me. And we, we develop like this beautiful relationship where even the parents contact me and, and tell me, you know, such and such is having a, a tough day. Please, you know, you know, look out and whatever. Like they know, and I love that. I'm such an idealist. So those are the pros, right? They know that they can count on you. And I love that. Like you have no idea because I feel that connection with not just the students, but their family. But the cons about wanting to be always like this good person, always there for the students is that you're overwhelmed. You get overwhelmed and it's mentally taxing and you risk burnout too, because what happens when there's nothing to fix and trying to read their mood every day in and out. And, and then, you know, one class leaves, the other one, ne- the other one comes and it's another 20 something students. And it's like a constant monitoring it is exhausting. It is exhausting. And it's not always also well received. It's not like you're asking them like, oh, how are you doing? It's not that, but it's more on you. If you're monitoring, if you want to always, you know, just check in to see that everyone is doing fine and they're feeling great, it's just not possible. Yeah, that's the that's the thing too. Like when we say that the good and the bad of like our emotions as humans is 50-50 and we can't fix what is going on with every single kid in our class for them. We can teach them skills to like calm themselves down and like get their stuff back together and get themselves like in a place of learning. And I know I've seen that a lot more in the past probably like 10 years with teachers doing dance breaks and brain breaks and yoga and breathing and all of the things that help regulate kids' nervous systems. I think that what the gist of this combo is that if you believe yourself to be an empath, but you are feeling overwhelmed about about it, it's good to pause and reflect what's happening, what's working, what's not working. And in fact, that's what I had to do this week. Something gave me pause and, and that something was the feeling of the stress that I was feeling. Like what's what's happening? What is this feeling in my body? Why am I feeling so stressed? I'm not the one with five tests. And the answer was that I was just trying to fix all of my kiddos, you know, perceived problems and issues. And I, I wanted to take the, the load off of them. But in doing so, I didn't do that. Instead, I added more to my plate because I took on their burdens onto me. And I don't know, by extending a deadline, by switching this and switching that and keeping track, if you are an empath, it's worth reflecting on what's working, what's not working. What do I want to do differently from now till the end of the school year? And this is only something that happens every so often, right? Now I'm able to articulate it much more and understand what's happening at a deeper level because of our training. But yeah, it's something that I'm going to keep in mind that I can't take on the, their burdens. I have a yeah. hundred, close to a hundred students and I cannot take on their burden because I'm only one person and I have my own, right? Yeah. And even like, like you were saying too, like when you take that on, like you're not actually taking anything off of them, right? Exactly. 
(laughs) You're just piling more stuff on to yourself. And like you said before, that is a very, very quick road to burnout. For sure. Um, To burnout and overwhelm when we're trying to fix everything around us so everybody else can feel better and then we can feel better. That's all for this episode of Teacher Thrive. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics, so please reach out to us. Links to our websites, freebies, and social media accounts are included in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.